0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week, with your friends, and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego.
1: And my name is Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
0: I'm Colin Matheson. I'm one of the pastors at St. Luke's in North Park. And we are back for the final week of Advent, Sunday, December 22nd uh and you might be listening to this after christmas so (laughs) if that happens i hope you had a great time i hope you had a nice two days of uh of advent four um and we are excited to have colin matthewson on the podcast thanks colin for being here of course and uh like every week we want to uh get to know our guest a little bit before we start our conversation so colin would you share with us your ministry context
2: Sure. St. Luke's is in North Park, and I'm a pastor, along with my wife, Laurel. We've been there three years, and it's a fascinating church. It's been there since 1923, but in the last 20 years, it's become a majority Sudanese-American congregation. And then in the last couple years, has also included a lot more Anglo folks and Congolese-American refugees. Mm-hmm. So it's just really interesting, beautiful, messy Sunday service that's filled with a lot of joy and drums and Swahili and Arabic and English, and um, it's just a lot of fun. We feel blessed to serve there. Cool.
1: And having visited St. Luke's, I have to con- agree with that completely. It is one of the most joyful congregations to worship with.
0: Uh, also, Colin, where are you right now? I am in the office, and I'm really cold. I should have brought a sweater. <laughs> Um, okay, and the second question we like to ask is, where did you see God this past week in your work or in your life or in anything, anything you were doing?
2: Sure. Thursdays are one of my favorite days at St. Luke's because there's just so many different things that happen on a Thursday. So in the morning, uh, volunteers come and bring food enough for 80 families, mostly refugee families in City Heights, and package it up. And then throughout the day, people come and pick up the food so there's a food distribution going on. In the kitchen, we have a new commercial kitchen. There's a refugee women job training program for folks learning to be cooks that's happening that morning. So sometimes there's a smell of freshly baking pizza or cookies coming out into the courtyard. And then every day from 9 to 3, um, but Thursdays as well, Uptown Community Services is offering uh, mail services and a computer lab and food and clothing to some of our homeless brothers and sisters. In North Park. So um, that's all happening. And then Thursday afternoon, um, there's this urban farm that's right next door run by City Heights high school students that sell um, veggies that they're growing right next to the church at this farm stand um, at the same time as the North Park Farmer's Market. So there's all these beautiful interactions happening between uh, volunteers and those who are homeless and refugee men and women. And it's just a great it's a great Time to notice how God is alive and well and working hard along with us in North Park. So cool!
0: So much happening over there at St. Luke's. Totally. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <Too much>. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you and Laurel are very busy. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, Colin. Um, yeah. So we are going to get into the gospel for this Sunday of Advent Four, but first, we want you to know that we want to hear from you and hear your questions. Uh you can uh email us directly, faith to go at edsd.org anytime with your Uh, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and or reflection. You could also follow us on Instagram, at Faith2Go and direct message us there. Or you can uh, log on to the website, www.myfaith2go.org and you can contact us through the website. You can subscribe to the website and that's also where you'll find all of those Faith2Go resources each week that you can use with your families uh, or personally, uh, like the podcast and, and things like that. There's articles and stuff. There's a lot of stuff on there for everybody. So uh, this week, Advent 4, we are going to hear actually about Mary and Joseph. You know, Excellent. Pretty exciting. So Charlotte is going to read the gospel for this Sunday, December 22nd, and then we're each going to take a, some time to highlight a point from the gospel.
1: Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
0: All right. So today, uh, just for a little context, uh, we are in the very first chapter of Matthew, and this is kind of like a very this is this is Matthew's version of the uh, Annunciation, and it comes through Joseph talking about Mary. Uh, and so it's different than Luke's gospel, which also is the, is the other gospel that has a nativity story, the one that we're familiar with, with Mary and Joseph and shepherds and things like that. So like Luke has shepherds, Matthew has wise men, and then the wise men come after this section. The very next section is about the wise men traveling from the East. So, um, that's where we are. We're just in the, in the, at the end of the first chapter. And then the second chapter is about the wise men coming and their interaction with Herod, and Herod wanting to find Jesus uh, and kill him, pretty dark. And then um, and then Mary and Joseph traveling into Egypt to take refuge. And so one thing to, to keep in mind with Matthew's gospel just generally, especially because we're going to be using Matthew's gospel throughout lectionary year A, is that Matthew is pulling, is modeling his stories and gospel and structure after the Hebrew scriptures. So there's like kind of five, distinct parts of Matthew's gospel, which kind of model the, the five first books of the Bible called the Pentateuch. He's also pulling on a lot of stories and tropes from Hebrew scripture. So you've got messengers coming in dreams, just like Jacob. You've got um, people fleeing into Egypt, just like the Israelites, and then leaving, just like the Exodus. So, and then, like, later on, Jesus will do a sermon on the mount, and so give the, this kind of, up this law from the mountain, just like Moses went up on Mount Sinai and got the law. So, these are kind of things that are happening throughout Matthew, so just an interesting thing to keep in mind. Plus, the, the whole thing of, like, Herod telling people to go out and kill the firstborn babies to try to kill is just like the story in Egypt of the Passover. So these are all kind of elements that Matthew is tying into his story of Jesus, trying to tie Jesus back to these Hebrew scriptures, and then always doing those scriptural citations, saying, like, this happened because this needed to be fulfilled kind of thing. So just keep in mind that that's always in the background. Matthew's toying with those um, themes and elements from Hebrew scripture. And that's where we are. So Charlotte... Has the first point for today's gospel.
1: So today, as I was reading the gospel and considering what it was that I wanted to talk about, what stood out to me, thankfully, was that we finally were in the birth story, Mm -hmm. um, as we are now in Advent all the way. And so it's (laughs) nice to spend some time with that. But I was paying attention to the angels. And as I started to think about the angels, I thought about the many ways in which we experience angels throughout Scripture. And the jobs, so to speak, that they are doing. And one of the ways in which we experience angels is when they're sent to give a message. Um, For example, the angel that was sent to Abraham and Sarah to tell them that they were going to have a baby, this impossible baby, considering their age. Um, And that we already earlier in our conversations have considered other messengers visiting with John, but that angels are sent to send messages as well. Um, Angels that are sent to protect us. And David, that goes right to when you were talking about the Israelites and the angels being sent ahead of them to guard them um, as they were on their journey. Mm -hmm. And that angels can be sent to serve and to help. Um, For example, after Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness that the angels came and ministered to him. So we have them giving messages. We have them protecting us. We have them serving and helping. And then also that very real act of praise and worship Um, That the angels, I mean, the glory of God is something that we always associate with the angels and that praise and worship aspect that goes with it. And when you consider all of these things and these stories, and there are more than even I named, I just gave a few examples of angels, the thing that I'm always struck by is how would I react if I saw an angel? Uh-huh. Right? Like especially we hear right in this story we hear the do not be afraid um when we hear the story in Luke of the angels and the shepherds we hear that the angels were afra- uh, the shepherds were afraid uh-huh. and the first thing we hear from Gabriel is do not be afraid. And I'm telling you right now, if I ran into an angel, I am 100% afraid.
0: Yeah, they seem scary.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, That everything that we hear about them and everything that we know about them, I don't think that I'm going to have the warm fuzzy. I'm going to be afraid Mm -hmm. of angels. And so living into the fact that sometimes messages that we receive can be scary and sometimes things that are designed to protect us are scary, um, that therefore it's only logical that our experience of angels might be afraid. Mm. And so how do we experience them in a way or how do we experience these acts in our lives that are similar, right? Because I haven't had an angel walking at my side giving me messages and or um, protecting me through my life events. But I certainly have had things in which I have needed protection. Um, I have had experiences that have informed the way that I live my life and that provided me with a message that I needed to hear. And sometimes that was a message that I had been waiting and hoping for, and other times that was maybe a message that I had hoped would never come, or that was an aspect of truth-telling that I didn't want to hear in my life. And really sitting with the fact that so often when we hear these stories of angels, we also hear those words, do not be afraid. And so even though what is happening is scary or what the message is that is coming is scary, that we're also supposed to take heart Mm. because that message is coming from God. It's being delivered by an angel. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it's not an actual real physical angel that's with us, it's still a message that we need to hear in our life. It's still something that we need to have faith and feel as though God is with us, Uh right? That we hear even later in this scripture that we're having today.
0: Right. Be courageous. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that kind of uh, goes into my point um, because I was struck by a few things, but really about this, um, I just I think that it's interesting that the focus in Matthew is on Joseph, uh, and it's interesting because Joseph, this is the this is the place where Joseph is featured most prominently. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna show up a whole lot in the Gospels. Um, especially when Jesus is, you know, doing his ministry, Mary shows up a number of times, but Joseph's not really there, but it's cool to me, this idea that Joseph is being called to do the uncomfortable thing. And that his, his first instinct is to just kind of like quietly fade away, (laughs) you know, let whatever's happening happen. And, like fade into the background and, and go along, go along with his life, you Mm -hmm. know, that this message that he's getting from this angel is extremely inconvenient and not really what he had envisioned for himself and what he wanted, what he had hoped for. But I think it's this, this cool call for all of us to recognize one, one thing, which is that the idea that he like wakes up from this dream and doesn't say oh thank goodness that was just a dream i don't have to actually do that there is something i think in that about trusting our our instinct trusting our trusting the way we are feeling called to respond to the world around us trusting that that is god's prompting in us you know that we can we can trust our own kind of sense of inner authority and that when we when that inner authority is is pushing us and nudging us and calling us to an uncomfortable truth to an uncomfortable participation in God's movement in the world that that is not a that is that it is our job to move towards the discomfort and not away from it because his his initial instinct is to move away from the discomfort and then they then through his kind of own you know prompting in his own inside of himself it is to do the opposite of that thing to move towards it. And so I think it's also cool to think about the fact that it's not this angel in Matthew's gospel is not having the same conversation as the angel in Luke's gospel is having with Mary mm-hmm. in Luke's gospel. The angel is saying this thing can happen. What do you say? And, and Mary says, yes, you know, wh- which means that she could have said no, I think, but Mary says, yes. In this one, it's, this is already happening. Do you want to participate? And just like Mary, Joseph could have woken up and said, no, I'm good, and then moved along. But I think that we each have that opportunity, that for each of us, God is always saying, something is happening. And I think particularly in this Advent season, it's something is coming, something is happening. My question is, do you want to participate in that thing? And just like Joseph, participation is going to be uncomfortable sometimes. It's going to be hard. It's going, it's not going to be the path of least resistance, but it's going to bring about healing and salvation in the world. So do you want to take part in that? So we are always being invited to participation in the way that God is moving in the world. And so I, I love that Joseph is modeling for us that kind of yes, which is different than Mary's yes, but it is similarly participating in what God is doing. So, and I think that that is one, one way that we can think about Advent in this season and, and take that season kind of into the rest of the year, is wondering, how am I being called to participate in, in God's movement in the mm-hmm. world? Okay, so uh, I think that leads us to the third point, which is Collins.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, Advent is this larger sort of invitation from God uh, in the church to usher in that type of discomfort in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. It's this larger invitation um, and question uh, about, like you said, David, are you going to participate in this? This is what's happening. You're being carried along into this. And do you want to take off those goggles and and pay more attention, more clear-eyed attention to what is happening in this world? And unfortunately, as we know, there's just, it is dark. It is a dark place. It is full of suffering. And um, Advent is a time when we say, we're just going to sit with this darkness for a while, perhaps hold, you know, that one candle or the two candles and and just kind of pay attention to how that light can stave off that darkness, but how dark and heavy that darkness is around us. Um, Just the story that is getting me thinking about what we're talking about is uh, uh, a guy named james uh who was born in south sudan when he was three he um was taken uh by some of the um the rebel fighters in a civil war that was happening then and was raised as a child soldier and um spent many nights um homeless and you know just camped out and 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 engaged in the civil war and um Fortunately, was was able to make it to a refugee camp, and eventually, um, in, his, in his teenage years, made it to the United, United States as a refugee. And uh, he was able to go to college in New Hampshire and um, made his way out to San Diego, where there's a fairly large lost boy in Sudanese refugee community. And uh, he's been a part of St. Luke's for many years. And I didn't realize, um, before I saw him again last week, that for the last three months, he's actually been homeless in San Diego. Mm. And he's been just living in a park in City Heights and um, just struggling to get by. And he finally decided to walk over to St. Luke's the other day because it had been raining so much the last couple of weeks. He's like, I just can't do this anymore. Hmm. Like, <laughs> there's, there's nothing worse than getting rained on every night and you never get dry before it starts raining again. And um, I, need to get, I need to get back to New Hampshire. I need to start making some money. And I'm going back to Sudan. And I remember when he first told me that, I thought, man, this is, you're kind of like, you're giving up. And is this really the solution is to leave and go back to New Hampshire? That doesn't seem like, you know, in the winter is a great idea. He' um, he's like, you know, I still have friends there. And um, before I go and we decided to buy him a ticket to, to fly back to New Hampshire, I want to say bye to the guys I've been living with in, in this park. And I had heard for a while that there are some some folks from Sudan Um, who are kind of stuck in the cycle of drinking and drugs and just homelessness in this park and um, obviously it's so sad you know talking to this guy james he's like the only two times i've ever been homeless in my life are as a child soldier and in san diego right so that's an indictment of us and the ways that our society even permits homelessness to happen um but i went when i went with him to the park and you know it's like 11 in the morning and there were you know just this group of people drinking and um, I started to notice how much courage it was going to take for James to leave this situation and to tell these guys, you know, I actually think that God has more in store for me still. Like, that this isn't, this isn't where I end up, that there is something new ahead, there's a new hope for me, and I'm going to take it. And um, for him to just leave that whole situation he's known for years And to start over again in New Hampshire um, really struck me as this kind of Advent juxtaposition, right, of this already and not yet sort of world that we live in that unfortunately still is full of darkness and suffering. Too much, right, too much Mm -hmm. that we are crying out and saying there's got to be something else. And then to notice when humans have courage like Mary does or like Joseph does or like James does today to say, you know what? There is there is still a possibility there. There's still hope. God is still working in this world. And God loves us that much to not give up on us. Um, and so that is kind of a story that for me is kind of bringing home what Advent can mean for us in San Diego and for each of us. And I think it's just the question then that we're left with is what is God inviting each of us to take a step forward into, perhaps especially if it's a scary one, mm-hmm. um, God will be with us if we say yes.
0: There you go.
1: I know. I was like, my pause was deep in that as I Mm -hmm. considered Colin's words that he offered to us. And God will be with us if we say yes. And and I love yes and. um, God will be with us if we say no.
0: All right. Well, I think that's three points. It is three points. Three points. Um, Point number one was Charlotte's. And it was about angels and the power of uh, their messages and the courage that they can prompt in us to try new things, to try things we are uncomfortable with, which led into point number two, which was mine, which was this constant invitation from God that Joseph embodies in this story to say yes, to participate in what God is already doing in the world and that we can help to grow that and to... Manifested and to cultivate it in the world. And that kind of led to Colin's point, uh, point number three, uh, a general reflection on Advent and specifically through this story of James. Uh, and the both hope and pain of this season, the already and not yet, the fact that we have progress and we can see movement of the Spirit and of God in the world, and yet there is still suffering and all the suffering that is overwhelming. And how can, we, how can we discern God's movement in our lives in the world and take part in that liberating and life-giving and freeing and healing uh, movement of God in the world? So, having heard that discussion, Charlotte's going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through.
1: Matthew chapter 1, verses 18-25 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place the, in this way. he took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
0: All right, uh, that's our episode for this week of uh, Advent 4, this final few days of the Advent season leading up to Christmas. Uh, we will be back next week, December 29th, uh, for the first Sunday after Christmas, the first Sunday of the Christmas season. Uh, make sure to go check out all those faith to go resources at wwwmyfaith 2 Make sure to email us your uh, questions and comments and stories of your week of faith discussion and reflection, faith2go at edsd.org. You can also message us through the website, and you can follow us on Instagram at faith2go and direct message us there with your questions, comments, and stories. We want to thank Colin Matthewson again for being on the podcast. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, thanks, so. y'all. You're the best. And uh, we hope you all have a joyful and restful last few days of uh, Advent and a joyous Christmas season to begin uh, as we move into the new year. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next time, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Take care.